1: Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. And on this episode, we're going to do some uh, games of late. We're going to see what's trending, what's new, and what's on the crowdfunding scene. And this is a special topic episode. It's the hype train. And uh, coming on the hype train are the guests of uh, rolling dice and taking names, Marty and Tony. And uh, we we will hype up some games and we just might talk about lawnmowers and snowblowers. Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They're the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada. And they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing stories, amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. Before we get into games of late, I would love to introduce to this episode uh, here for the Hype Train, Marty and Tony from uh, Rolling Dice and Taking Names.
2: Welcome, gentlemen. Hi, Norm. So excited to be here uh, with you, recording this special Hike Train episode.
0: Thank you so much for having us, and we really appreciate you being, oh, I don't know, able to fit us in, especially after our scheduling snafu. <laughs> but, oh, uh,
2: so let's let's before yeah, let's let's pull back the curtains here. <laughs> always, we totally always. apologize. Uh, so I we, feel sorry. We've been, We had been working on trying to get dates. And it just so happens that Tony and I record on the same night that we were going to do this. And so we were coordinating and I, it said, okay, Tony, you and I will record on Sunday, and we got our wires crossed, and Norm, you said you thought we were recording with you on Sunday. So, poor Norm, last night, I was sitting here watching the NFL playoff game, and I'm not even checking email. Like an hour later, there's an email that comes up. I've been here like 30 minutes. on so waiting on you guys oh, no. to join the Zoom call. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. It's no, an no. age
0: thing. It was an age <laughs> thing, misunderstanding. and But we're all, you know, hitting that speed <laughs> limit here in the United States of – Whatever, we'll let people figure out what our age is. So, got, so you feel comfortable with
1: that? I've got don't Sammy you? Hager screaming in, in my ears right now.
2: Oh, oh I. That's that's but if it's that's me. It's like I can't be fifty five. Oh, so
1: it's it's chronological. It's not maturity age. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, it's just a number. It's how you act. So. Except, except when I go get my physical and the doctor says, "Well, you know, yeah. at people your age, this usually start things start falling off." Okay,
1: <laughs> let's start talk to you about the prescriptions that you now are now going to require. <laughs> That's yeah. right,
2: and the tests that we're going to run on you right now. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm just right away. I'm thinking. Snapping of the glove, huh? <laughs> oh, they don't do that anymore. Thank goodness. No,
0: <laughs> they That's, don't. Uh, no, no, I. Things, it's, yeah, it's, things don't fall off. They just cut them off. <laughs> <laughs> Shrill's
2: up and they just cut them
1: off. I hope we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> I I don't know what we're talking I'm about, not. but I'm
2: having fun while we're doing it. <laughs>
1: okay well the, we're supposed to be talking about our games of late and we're talking about our our body parts of late and uh i don't know if there's any venn diagram where you can segue to but well i'm not even going to go first because i don't want to be so rude as to you know take the running start so uh marty tony if ever uh each uh, if either one of you would like to talk about a game that you've been
0: playing lately so I'll take a first shot at this, and um, one that we recently covered on our episode number 248, which I've been getting into, and actually is having a tremendous Kickstarter right now, and that is Final Girl. Oh. Um, yeah. So that, So the solo play on that, just trying to beat that game has really got me... Wanting it back on the table, back on the table. Also, it helps, you know, um, I, Norm, you don't probably don't understand this being where you're at, but we've had snowstorms here in North Carolina.
2: <laughs> okay. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. You got to use air quotes air around yeah. snowstorm. Snow <laughs> okay. One, wah, to three, wah, wah. one to three inches for us is a snowstorm. Okay.
0: So, so in our state, there's um, at last count, I think there were just a hundred snow plows and most of them are in the mountains of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. so in our area our roads don't get snow uh get plowed or anything like that so when it snows we shut down oh yeah so so these are solo games so basically we shut down and this is plenty of times to get a solo game on the table and thank goodness final girl um, marty and i got a, a copy of that he and i both um we got the core set as well as i think we have got what three of the scenarios marty is that right yeah and so the kickstarter is out and i mean what was it within like two two minutes it passed three bazillion or something i don't know but i was on there looking at it and i was like okay i am a sucker for game mats and they have the game mats out there and i'm like okay that is i may i may pick oh wait is what which one is that the alien scary (laughs) oh is that the alien box okay i'll I'll go for that oh i gotta stop looking at this i need to back away from the computer but yes I have been doing final. Uh, I've been playing Final Girl a lot and have really enjoyed it. And someday, I hope she survives. Uh,
1: that's that same engine as a Hostage Negotiator from. Yes, I haven't seen, or I, I mean, I've seen the, some YouTube stuff, but I, I that's what I uh, understand is that they use that same. Now again, I don't know if it's identical or if it's a if it's a reiteration or you know hybrid version or. So, uh,
0: no idea. I did not get to play Hostage Negotiator, yeah. and I'm scared to go back now because <laughs> of the, the love for Final Girl. Yeah, cool. And have
2: uh, you played Final Girl, Norm?
1: No, no. It's, um, I talked about it on the last episode with the, with the new releases. And uh, as I was talking about it and reading through it right away, my head was, okay, I need to get this game because this reminds me of that same puzzle solving scenario with, um, now the dice, there's dice rolling and uh, dice hate me all the time, but this one was such a, a nice way of, of abs- you know, trying to mitigate the randomness of it in regards to, now if it's anything like hostage negotiator, what cards that you're pulling into your hand mm-hmm. and when you're playing them kind of thing. So there was at least some perceived sense of control of the, of the dice um evaluation
0: and you're right the cars being pulled i mean you know, as you play them and then doing your success checks yeah. things like that will determine you know you play a car you roll the dice to see which what how successful or unsuccessful you were and for me dice do not bother me in a game they're going to they're going to either love you or hate mm-hmm. you or whatever doesn't matter that is not an issue for me so I, I, that's that's what draws me to that game that and the inter, what's the word I'm looking for here, Marty, the where you can swap things around interoperability or I'm trying to get too technical here. You can swap stuff
2: around, man. <laughs> you mean, oh, you could do different final girls with different scenarios. Right. Uh, yeah. You and max and mix up the villains with different final girls is, is what you mean. Yeah. So there's a lot of variability in the game. You know, you buy the core set and a couple of the expansions, then you've got like three final girls and a couple of different scenarios. And you can start swapping them around. Uh, which gives you a lot of variability in the gameplay
0: so you got constant so this final girl beat the puppet master well can she beat mr um, yeah. texas chainsaw guy so it's just like how can i keep using that and they've got some hidden gems in the box that are really interesting so really enjoying that as far as the game that i've gotten to the table most lately oh cool <laughs>
1: This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragons Den Games, located in the Louis Viii Ball on Eighth Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragons Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area, Dragons Den Games, Louis the Eighth Mall on Eighth Street in Saskatoon. Okay, so it uh, it's your turn
2: now to uh, let us know what you've been playing lately. All right, so for me, it's not a game; it's a series of games, Ooh. and this is like a journey I've started on over the past year. I'm getting into playing historical games. Um, So lots of those come from uh, GMT games, Mm -hmm. uh, which is very popular. Last year, I learned how to play um, Cuba Libra and I'm still trying to schedule time with Tony to teach him to play at one of these. And that's why we had talked about on the show, because I wanted him to experience it before we ever talk about it. But from there, we we just talked about recently Undaunted Reinforcements, which is an historical type game. Uh, Tony and I are going to be reviewing uh, Fort Sumter and Red Flags Over Paris, which are, is a brand new game, come out from GMT. And I'm currently playing remotely a game called Nevsky with uh, Ignasi from Portal Games, and that's also from GMT. But it's one of those things about 10 years ago, I went to Gen Con, and I, there was this one corner of the hall where it was nothing but old people moving around little pieces on the board. And it was like, what is going on playing? What is, historical games? That looks boring. Okay, so now I get it because 10 years later, as I'm as the older person, I see <laughs> the appeal of this um, It's just it's just really interesting to me to p- play a game that's based on something that actually happened. So I feel like I'm learning. So for example, this red flags uh, over Paris, I have no idea what events occurred I, I never read about the events occurred in this game and all gmt books come with like a little history book that teaches you about the history so i'm reading and just enthralled in it mm-hmm. i never ever would have read that if i hadn't played this game for undaunted north africa there was a uh, series on um, hulu or netflix had a whole segment on the north africa campaign that talked about the players and, and stuff in that uh cuba libra has a an entire documentary on uh netflix and it's actually called cuba libra that shows about the 10-year history of cuba during that time and i watched the whole thing it's like wow so now when i played this game i like i understand what these event cards yeah. mean oh i know what that who that person is it just adds another element of excitement when i play a game of like i'm actually learning something here <laughs> so i've been really getting into historical games recently the into- um Oh sorry go ahead. My, no, my oh, look at that. So there's another slide. So,
0: so to that point you are trying to be I, am I smarter than this general? Am I smarter than Napoleon? Could I have no. figured this out, you know, better than um Lee or Stonewall Jackson or anything like that? Cause I I've been wanting my wife teased me because when we went and did a historical tour of some of the battlefields, she says, I said, Well, I've got this old Avalon Hill game called Gettysburg, and you've been there. And I pull it out. She goes, I'd be willing to try that. And every time I keep pulling it out, Marty, she keeps saying, Ah oh, man, let's get to that later. I said, But you promised me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: let's let, let's play uh calico instead or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Patchwork. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'm like, oh. I'm like, I guess I've gotten to that age where I appreciate all those people in that back hall of Gen Con, what they were doing ten years ago. I don't know if there's some age thing to it, but it was funny that a lot of older people—that's what they gravitated to.
1: The uh, it appeals to me because I, I'm a history, social studies teacher, so I, I love the I love when I know about the theme and when I see how. Th- the the designer tried to mechanically incorporate the theme into the game and and you know sometimes it's clunky and sometimes it is it's just like a you know a, a smooth clutch shift as as the game's progressing and uh i've i've got like w- churchill gmt
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
1: mm-hmm. it. Yep. yeah and um each and that that's the that's the the big three conference um close to the end of the war I always refer to when I teach this as this is the pre-Cold War conference of who's got the right resources to take you into the next era, because we're wrapping this one up. So, um, yeah, the cards, the, 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 the flavor text is so uh, on point with how the power of the car affects the rest of the game. So I, yeah, GMT, I, I have a soft spot for them. Yeah. And yeah, what
0: that, was it? And, and there was the one game that Marty, we have, and I can't, I can just see the cover of it. And I, I think it was on the frontier. It had the, the Native Americans. It, what, it was, was it based on the French Canadian wars or what do you remember? God, what was that game that we enjoyed? I can't, I, I'm going to look it up. I'm gonna look it up, and I'll have it. But they had a whole whole series of Vikings, and oh, just all oh, those. this
2: uh, uh, from uh, Academy Games, Academy like uh, games. 1743 or something like that, yeah. or 840 something Vikings. That series of games. Yeah. Yes, and those are those are very enjoyable. They're that that history lesson. How well could you have done during this time? Not well. Mm-mm. It's funny. Uh, you talked about. It's very interesting how designers incorporate what actually happened in history into the game uh interesting anecdote about uh nevsky and nevsky uh the theme of that game is i think it's from the 1200s when the uh the germans or i guess they were back then they were called what Teutons, te- te- Teutons, right mm-hmm. uh, uh invaded russia and uh so there was this there was this mechanic of uh ignasi was trying to siege one of my strongholds and i had an army that wanted to come in and i thought well when i come Can I just get straight into my castle and help them out? And I couldn't find that exact rule. So I asked the designer, Volker Ruga. I I contacted him. He said, number one, he said, well, here's the exact rule, you know, in case you missed it. But he said, no, you can't go into your castle. You got to confront the force that's in front of the stronghold now if you confront them then withdraw into your castle that's legal yeah but historically you just can't walk into the back door of your stronghold i went and he does that for all of his stuff so he has all these why does this work this way because it's like well historically that's what happened <laughs> so i just love that so now it just it really gets me into it of like when you storm something and uh and siege stuff and building siege works all this stuff he did, all this research, months of research, to make these mechanisms work within a game that are analogous to what actually happened during that time.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. Stop
0: saying that. You're messing me up, man. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, you, <laughs> no, I'm go. sorry. you go. You go. No, you go. You go. You go. You go. You go. You go. And a lot of these games, I mean, they can be the heavy hitters, like Marty was hmm. talking about. Yeah. And then he also mentioned, you know, Undaunted Normandy, Undaunted Reinforcements, so, you know, Thompson, Trevor Benjamin, and then also some other games that we've been playing that take a small section. And Thompson's one of our favorite designers, and, uh, like um, Soldiers and Postman's Uniforms, mm-hmm. uh, Castle Itter, um, oh, good Pavlov's House, all I that good that stuff. I love that game, yeah. Amazing game. And it, they take those small snippets, and you have one on your shelves that I can see too, Watergate. Mm-hmm. yeah so good yeah because it, the, it the, keeps going down level
1: the push-pull in that game uh i mean and even the players every time the cards come up because uh as i kind of as we've alluded to we're maybe of close to that generation where we remember <laughs> this on the news where i'm seeing parents were of, watching it at yeah, least <laughs> oh, yeah. um where these where where these individuals come into play and you're reading the flavor text on the card and and you're thinking yeah, absolutely. This is this is a volatile card because this is a volatile person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, I yeah, d- I just the 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 uh, the glee kind of pops into my history nerd brain when I when I feel a designer got it. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. And so probably you more more so than us, since you you teach this stuff. You know more than I do. But I love learning about something I never knew about, like this mm. whole Nevsky game. I had no idea about this group of people invading this other group of people and why they were doing it till I read the rules or the the, uh, playbook that tells you, well, historically, here's what happened during that time. Yeah. So Norm, what part of history as a teacher would you
0: think is underrepresented right now that you would like to see someone do? Great question. Thank you. I I can occasionally pull one out. (laughs) 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 Um, uh,
1: Now I, 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 I'm, my first answer is going to be the the part of history that I love to teach, and and the media and the nostalgia, and that's Cold War. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't ever get enough of Cold War. I, even if it's Austin Powers, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that's I mean you're seeing a lot of uh, like
0: wasn't mine-
2: Twilight struggle Cold Twilight War? Str- mm-hmm. Yeah. 13 um, days, 13
0: minutes, all yeah. those were there. So, so I'm gonna uh, go back to you, dude. Um, what
2: else? You, you got the history. What, what, so what, what, yeah, what's something I see what he's saying? We, we do have stuff about Cold War. The, but What's something you think would uh, be interesting that you've never okay, seen a game for?
1: Um, putting I've seen, on the spot? I've seen one game that um, has properly dealt with this topic. And I've not yet seen a game that has significantly Connected the history to it, and that's Three Kingdoms Redux, mm. right? Though I don't, I don't Chinese, know the history of that. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I'm I'm the mm. same way where I don't. I mean, just the ancient Chinese, mm. you know, history, mythology, um, um, lore, everything connected dimensionally to the history uh, of, of that civilization, is
2: underrepresented. I think. So that's, man, that's a, okay, that's a good answer because you're right. <laughs> that, that's, that is a culture I would l- love to learn yeah. more about. Like, I'm getting into a lot of the pop culture stuff that's influenced by or made from Asian uh, c- countries. Like, uh, there's a lot of Korean movies and TV shows that mm. are co- like Squid Game, you know, one of them. Yeah. Man, th- the way they tell stories, and a lot of it's based on their, their heritage and everything, which I don't know much about, but I'm just so interested in about their culture and everything. And then they bring these stories and movies out that I'm interested in. And then I've recently gotten into reading manga. uh, So, which has a lot of Japanese flavor and stuff. So that is a great answer. Yeah, I could, I would love to play more in historical uh, Asian events. Because there's
1: a lot of games in that theme, but there's not a lot of games that talk about the history Of that Mm -hmm. of the culture, and I think uh, Three Kingdoms Redux uh, does a brilliant job with the general cards and and the background of these of these competing um, um, dynasties.
2: There is a there is a coin game that's coming out or out that's based on something I believe from China. Since this isn't my show, I don't have to owe anybody five dollars. Since I'm if <laughs> well, I'm incorrect, and it's, but and I it's, think there is some. I think there's a there's a coin game based on something that happened in China or somewhere in Asia.
1: Cool, and that's the best part about the name of the podcast is conjecture, right? It's like you know, relatively. Wow, li- two, but here's <laughs> here's my two here's my two bits. <laughs> oh, and it's interesting how you I, I noticed that it was very subtle how you guys flipped the chair on me and I became the. The interviewee.
0: I was. That Isn't was this your show? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Very good. It was like switcheroo I like you're talking <laughs> and Marty are you talking about China's war from 1937 to 1941 currently a p500 coin game that's trying to get funded
2: that's I it that's so it. that's that's not ancient history but it is something that's based in uh, uh China so that that's it yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that stretch we'll we'll get that connection I, like well, that. I mean it's yeah. still it's still no. historical you know events but, from China but what was going on
0: at that time during World War II you know, we, um, you, you've got it building up in Japan's domination of that era or that theater and what was going on for them. We know what was happening over here. I'm with you. Yeah. I'd like to know more.
1: This episode is supported by the incredible team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escape Escape Rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team to ensure their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com At Breakout Escapes and Board Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. Yeah. you know what i i'm i'm a little embarrassed about the game that i played lately because it doesn't have the same you know legitimacy and relevance
0: <laughs> but, uh, but we don't know that don't be judging already norm let's hear it what did you do
1: i i just last week um wednesday night uh i have the garage set up where there's a lot of space and a lot of distance between the players and uh um it's a uh, gamers garage night. I we played Alien Frontiers. Mm-hmm.
2: I love the way you say garage. <laughs> garage. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how us hicks say it. Garage. Yeah. No, I, I like your, the way you say. It. That's cool.
1: <laughs> it was it garage? Just sounds a little trashy, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> garage band. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I will have to admit, after the second time he said it, I'm like, okay, I know the word. I'm there. <laughs> it took me a minute, but I'm good with you. So, so you played Alien Frontiers? That is on my shelf of shame. Really, it was, really? There, it was up there for so long. I actually finally just said, "You know what? This game needs love." Yeah, and I sold it to somebody at a very deep discount. This this was
1: a game that I had not played in about two years. And usually, when the when the uh, Dave and Jordan come over, I'll pull like five or six games and just put a stack and go pick one out of there so i threw this one in and uh happily they picked it and it is probably um i i, I keep forgetting how clever it is of an area control game mm-hmm. with rolling dice um with and again that whole uh, um, ability to mitigate the randomness where you roll your dice and your dice represent the ships and you're, you deploy your ships into these special actions areas and it's a race to get your colonies onto this. Uh, this um, I want to don't want to say Earth, but this this um, I guess territory, mm-hmm. okay. I, land territory. My French brain was kicking, in. I'm like, I, I've got all the French words there, but <laughs> I...
0: <laughs> will use them. Go ahead and use them, and people can can look at it. Can be educational, Norm. You It'll can help be, us so. the, the first bilingual podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no we've had ignacio on ours it's not oh, that's
2: true that's true
1: so yeah the i w- i was pleasantly surprised on uh how how much this game reminded me of uh of it can be cutthroat it can be it can be a sprinting race um and uh it all depends on the, on the type of players you have at the at the table because usually uh, with my cousins, you know, before the pandemic, we're a bunch of care bears. So when you go to that bandits area, they'll be like, well, is it okay if I, you know, or and again, it's like the most polite Canadians playing a take that game. Is it okay with you if I take a couple or, right? Is all right. I'll, I'll spread it around. I'll take one from you and I'll take one from you and everybody be happy. But we had someone at the table who was not of that type and uh, completely had to change your tactics on the fly. Mm, and uh, okay. Yeah. It, and what I was, what they had mentioned, and I didn't do my homework, but I think was correct, wasn't this the first uh, crowdfunding Kickstarter game? Uh, I think 2010, it was, it was the first uh, um, kind of proof of concept. So the first kind of publisher that took a, took a chance on this crowdfunding platform. And it's, it's not Game Salute, it is the publisher before that. And I think there's a bit of a history of, you know, getting the copies out and back and forth. But I think that's this is the claim to fame of Alien Frontiers is it's it's one of the pioneers of the crowdfunding platform. Now, again, if it's,
2: if it's not, it's a great story. I it's like it. C, and we'll just go with it. Conjecture. It's just <laughs> conjecture. So, yeah, Marty, does anybody I'm, fact check this thing? And just out of curiosity. So, yeah, so we- to
0: save us money, Marty, well, I'm going to start using conjecture on ours.
2: Because anytime we make,
0: anytime we make a mistake on our podcast, it costs us five mm-hmm. dollars, and, and miniature market uh, gift cards. So I'm like, well, Marty, this is conjecture. Therefore, there you go. It doesn't count. Yeah, it's it's I like, like it.
1: saying caveat, right? It's this is conjecture. So mm-hmm. don't hold me to the you know to the grindstone on this one. I, like I should do, I should just give out business cards every time I start talking
0: conjecture all Conjecture. right Conjecture. <laughs> so so something you said there has my got my attention was the fact that you were able to put five games out for people to pick from and then not sit there and try to f- decipher the rules that floor that's I, my hat off to you sir that's amazing well, the, i
1: don't know what it is with maybe it's a teacher thing and having lesson plans and or unit plans but um uh there's a, a few colleagues where with that play board games. And yeah, we pretty much got a rolodex in the brain where it's like, okay, okay, I need this lesson plan for this game. And give me a set like the matrix and got it. All right, let's sit down. So, or sometimes most of the times too, um uh, Jordan, Dave, uh, Dave's son is uh, rules lawyer inventory. So if he goes, Oh, I think uh, we, we have to do it this way. I'll just I'll believe him because mm-hmm. most, you know, 10 times out of 10, we'll look at it and go, yeah, he's right.
0: Okay. Let's, let's back is that it, up. <laughs> is that conjecture? Uh, really? Well, he, he, uh, yeah, everything I okay. say
1: is pretty much conjecture.
0: Well, what he says, if, if the rule's <laughs> this way, then, you know, what are you challenging, right? But, well, the thing is he's right all the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> then it's a given. That's well, the way okay. it goes.
1: It's, it's fact. It's fact. So, okay, that,
0: so, yeah, Marty, so you need to get your wife who's a teacher – to teach us how to do games like game rules like that, she needs to come up with lesson plans for us well
2: she's a special education teacher, so and I think it would apply even more to us <laughs> oh, that's fair that's fair, yeah yeah okay. but okay, she's know, wor- she's wor- she's, wor- she's used to working with low functioning people like us so yeah, yeah.
1: um and the interesting kind of come or turn around to the the discussion we had about my son um, uh, my son has Down syndrome, so from a teacher's point of view it's it's been a brilliant um takeaway for me because uh i have my uh, master's in instructional design and now because i have a i have a child who has specific developmental Mm -hmm. and learning needs i have to look at um how how to how to create instructions in such a manner that they're scaffolded for his his learning plateaus so when we put a game down, mm-hmm. I'll read the rules, I get the rules in my head and go, okay, how can I, for Daniel, how can I change the rules so that he still enjoys the game, but doesn't need to be bothered with all the nuances of the detail sides of it. And a lot Amazing. of the times, that's where my brain kind of goes in and, and, and kind of gets into that, that feeling of, okay, where we got to rewind back into that, that sense memory of, Oh yeah, what was that rule again? And so yeah, I don't
0: That's know. Pretty amazing. That's amazing, sir. Now, Once again, it, hats off to you. Well, wow. And it takes a lot of coffee too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot of coffee.
1: <laughs> and we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture, and uh, there was a audible we're talking football talk. There was an audible made at, uh, during the sponsorship bumper, and we're going to ditch the what's trending, what's new and crowdfunding, and go straight into our topic of the hype train, because, uh, it was agreed upon that there's probably going to be some extended discussion and for that to happen, let's just give it that opportunity. Uh, so once again, on the hype train, we have uh, Marty and Tony from Rolling Dice and Taking Names podcast. Welcome.
2: Thank you, thank you. Okay. I am excited about this and I am torn about my pick because I don't know that if it meets your criteria, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Oh.
1: And uh, speaking of criteria, the gist the of this is uh, um, there's so many games out there from the past and also games, recent games that just get washed under by the by the wave of uh, of of hype and uh, i think it's up to us to remind each other that there are some fantastic games out there that need some love and attention so that's what the hype train's about let's get some games on the hype train who would like to start
0: well, well uh, see in my head all i'm hearing is all boy, <laughs> you know the ozzy thing that's all i'm hearing right now
2: okay so oh, i'm not we can play a little crazy train if you want <laughs>
1: Then I mean, we, I could blend some stuff in, in the new <coughs> and then post. Sorry, and some yeah. killing in the background.
2: Hold on, speaking of crazy train, you're a musician. Have you ever heard the uh, individual tracks uh, that make up that song? Uh, it is phenomenal. I've heard like a breakdown of this song where they, they uh, isolate uh, who is the guitarist, uh, Rhodes, Brandy um, Rhodes. Yeah, Randy Rhodes, where they isolate his guitar tracks and you hear them. It's like, dude, there's things in there I didn't know that he was playing. And after you hear it isolated and back in the song, you go, oh, my gosh, how have I never heard that? Just some really cool little licks that's going on that i never noticed before.
1: (laughs) Uh, In my head, I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about, because there's some crazy pick harmonics that Mm -hmm. he went back and did extra tracks and kind of layered his own thing like vocalists would do layering. So... See, we're already. See, it engine. already happened. We we didn't even leave the station yet, and it's like the caboose isn't even hooked up to the train yet.
0: It's like this hype oh. train is in danger. And, and all it took was me sitting here thinking about crazy train and just mentioning it, and boom, we're gone. That's all well, it, it
1: is. Yeah, you know, the engineer just popped the. Clay. It's like we're gone, and the whole all the, everything's. We have to back this up and hook it up again. And sorry. <laughs> No, that's perfect.
2: That's wonderful. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, is that how you're supposed to do it? Sorry. Sorry. Eh? Sorry. Eh. So, so Norm, he's very
0: excited about being able to talk about things like that because usually when he does it on our show, I give him that blank stare of yeah, like which you just did. See, this is, is why I
2: sometimes need a third share of like people who are like in the music. So that when I get to the music stuff, it's not just. <laughs> Yep. Just staring. (laughs) That was really great for audio, wasn't it? It was just silence. I was staring at the camera. That's what I was doing. (laughs) But for me, it's
0: like, I love the music. I love listening to it, but I cannot hear and pick up and and appreciate what you do because that's just, I don't have any musical background. I dropped out of um, middle school band in fifth grade after the third month because I got tired of carrying my trombone to school every day and I was done with it. I was like, that's it. I'm out of this thing. Because the trombone was, it was horrible on the bus. I hated having to carry that thing.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, you, why'd you pick that of all things?
0: Why? Because yes. what, when the music teacher came, she saw that I was freaking gargantuan. <laughs> and she said, oh my gosh, you could easily do the slide, you know, with the arm. At least she, it wasn't the tuba. Well, they didn't have that in the fifth grade band oh, okay. at that time, because <laughs> everybody wanted to play either the trumpet, the clarinet, or the flute. And mm-hmm. I was like, if if I had known about Jethro Tull, I'd been all on that flute.
2: Yeah, there you go. Sax.
0: Why didn't you on the sax, man? Oh, the sax would have been good. There were only three sacks, but so are we ever going to talk about board We're we just going. To- <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's I'm I'm
1: sitting back in my head thinking. I'm just going to let this happen because this is <laughs> awesome. We haven't gotten to a game yet, and I'm okay with that. That's perfect.
2: Because <laughs> oh. as you
1: were talking about the whole nuances, I'm thinking to myself, well, just before we went to recording, I was listening to some Miles Davis, and I was mm. just having so much fun listening to the ride and the snare kind of juxtaposition each other. And, you know, we're in the cornfield again. Here we go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, and if don't, uh, don't even start me talking about drummers and drums or that's just going to be a whole another path down to go down so yeah uh, who,
0: who was that drummer i made you watch he he listened to
2: something one time oh um oh um, it was the drummer for uh i can't remember who he's a he's drummer for he's he's a well-known drummer where he could he listened to a song once was able to duplicate it Some San, sort of yeah comedy. he
0: listened to sandman and then he's like
2: uh the uh-huh. uh-huh. next thing I'm like, holy, I, there's, I mean, yeah, he was just able to play. There's, I, I'm into, I watch a lot of music uh, you know, YouTube channels. So I, I go down this path. I like watching reaction musicians who react to other musicians, I think is really interesting to watch. <laughs> Uh, is it Norm's never going to have us back? Yeah. Norm's
0: never going. to <laughs> yeah. want me go,
2: you want me talk about this great video I watched on polyrhythms. It was amazing.
1: <laughs> I'm just thinking how am I going to write up the show notes going. This is the first episode of board games where we didn't talk about one board game.
2: Hey, welcome to, to RDT. My-
1: <laughs> Actually, I was listening to your most recent episode today. And uh, I started laughing because it was about 35 minutes in, and you said, hey, we didn't even say anything yet. And I'm, and I'm just giggling going, yep, I yep. have this feeling. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> uh, all right, so time for some hype train. Who would like to present their game first? And, and so everybody knows, um, I don't think you guys shared with each other what uh-uh. picks you had. Yeah, so this is all surprise for me. And uh, the running gag is that uh, usually by the end of this episode, there's something on in my online shopping cart because I'm kind of all hyped up about the hype train. So that's what it's about.
0: Okay, Marty, you go first since I did the first segment. You go ahead, sir. Jump right. in there.
2: All right. So the criteria for this, and I'm, I'm reading it here, is a game you feel it needs to be hyped because it's an excellent game from the past. Well, my game is from the past, but there was a re-release of it. Okay. Or a game that's really flown under the radar. Well, I don't think it's under the radar because I went and looked and it's like 298 on the overall BGG list. But here's the thing. I went down and looked at my game room. And I looked all over the shelves. It, my criteria was I want it to be a game that if somebody wanted to get, they could. Not some out of print game mm-hmm. that you can't get anymore. more of this. Like, wow, I wish you didn't. Tell me about that because I can't find it. And I want it to be a game that's not intimidating to where there's no way I could get into that. I want something that you could easily probably set up play quickly supports multiple players. My game is Nurishima Hex. Mm. Ooh. And here's the reason why. uh, Well, one the setup is super easy. Here's your tiles. Here's my tiles. Here's a board, shuffle them up, start playing. It can play two players It can play four players. A game will take 30 minutes. But that game is, again, It's it's been out for a long time. Probably everybody has, like, yeah, I know Nurashim Hex. I just don't – I never sit on the hot list or anything. I just think it's one of those games that's underappreciated for how brilliant, especially the two-player game is when it comes to a tactical style of game and a – uh it's also, I guess I guess it's an abstract game, somewhat. I mean, there's a little bit of a theme in there. Yeah. With all these different armies, so the replayability is out of the roof, right? Because you have all these different armies that can do different things. Whole concept is, is you're going to draw three tiles, you're going to discard a tile. Oh, by the way, this, I like this too. Yeah. You turn them face up. Your opponent sees exactly what you may play on them this turn. Yeah. Your tiles consist of units or actions that you can do. You'll take two of those tiles. Uh, you can put them down and play that turn, save them for next turn, then it's the other player's turn. And you're just constantly putting these hex tiles on a board. And at some point in time, somebody's going to play the combat tile, and then combat happens. And I think Nurshima Hex has one of the best combat resolutions of any game I've ever seen. It's almost like you're setting up a battlefield, but nothing's happening until that battle tile is played, that everything stops. Then you simultaneously resolve all battles on the field at once. And it's based on initiative units with higher initiative act first. They may kill something with a lower initiative. Then they never get to act. So level initiative three act, then level two, all the way down to zero. And so as the battlefield's changing, as people are being killed and stuff, and then the the whole goal is each of you have a base. Uh, Each base has 20, I think it's like 20 life points or health points. Get them down to zero. You win the game it's as simple as that but the combat resolution and the fact there's so many different factions out there mm-hmm. that are have so many different techniques and ways to play i just think it's one of those games that i can always bring out and just teach another somebody else how to play and i wish more people played it Ignacy has told me that in poland the game is huge there's big nourishima hex tournaments and there's uh, it's very competitive there's a competitive circuit in poland And he said, it just doesn't exist out of Poland. I said, I wish it existed in other places, but it just doesn't. So my pick of a game that I wish I would see more people getting into is Nourish Hex. The, uh,
1: I have to bring in before, before we keep going, uh, the, (laughs) this is so significant. I'm just kind of, my mind went when you said it is that, uh, Oh, a few years back because um, you guys have been podcasting for a while and I've been listening to you guys for a while. And uh, you had talked about uh, the, you know, the original, like the, um, and I went out and bought it and mm-hmm. I've, I've had it in my collection because of you, what you have <laughs> said about this game years ago. And I can't agree more with everything you've said uh, especially with the two-player, because I remember uh, Ryan and I had gone to uh, FallCon, which is Calgary, Alberta's Con, and uh, everything you said was that. I sat down and went, "This is what you do. You do this. You do this. You do this." And uh, when we got to that initiative order of battle, his 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 mind blew up, and he was just, "Oh yeah." Then he and right after, and of course, it's one of those games where once you play it one or two times, then you go again, again. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. there's another different army that has a different asymmetric power. Oh, let's play it. I, and it's sort of like uh, if anybody loves building engines and letting those engines run, this is like BattleBots, you know, the board game, because mm-hmm. you just set program everything that you can and then go, all right, someone hit the switch because let's see
2: this thing explode. That is, that is a great way to say it. mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like everything's in pause and you hit play. Yeah, And then you see everything resolve on the board as it happens. And it's so amazing because as, as you're putting pieces on the board, you're planning out, well, I know this guy is going to yeah. go before that guy. So I'm going to get to kill him before he kills this other guy I have. And then you come out and boost that other guy's initiative. And like, oh, crap, he's still going to get my guy yeah. <laughs> because he just changed his initiative. You boosted it up a little bit or put armor on him or netted my guy. And netting means I don't get to activate so it, it, the board is constantly changing and sometimes you don't want a battle to occur no. and your opponent drops the battle token on there and it's random. So this game does has randomness, right? because you don't know what tiles are going to be drawn. Yeah and uh, so uh, again, and it's like you said, it's a game that you can play, set up, play again, set up, play again. so there's not a lot of uh, time uh required for it there was a lot of euros i was getting ready to pick up and i went man this is like a 60 90 minute yeah. euro it takes a long time i don't want to talk about that one yeah i want to talk about something that it has very uh easy to get into and uh, a and, uh, uh, path to least resistance yeah. pull this off the shelf let's play this 20 minute game real quick the the thing
1: that appeals to me the most about this game is um when when you start to explore a game and start to understand what the designer was getting at uh this is one of those games where i i just want to have an a a game theory or game hey what if i did Mm -hmm. it this way and then you just apply it and the game like i said is so fast that you go okay let's do it again because i have a new idea that i want to try out right Mm -hmm. and uh that's i love exploring games like that where Uh, And again, it's my, you know, it's my hyperactive ADHD brain where it's like, okay, I've already, I can already see how this is going to end. Let's just do another one. Let's let's hurry up and finish this one and and start another one. Because I have another strategy
0: I want to try out.
1: And Mm.
0: yeah. And now. And with the re-release of the app, you can also download it, let people try it out from that standpoint before you actually go out and buy the game itself. But it's an easier way to also teach someone this game so that you can then okay now let's put it on the table let's bring that concept where we're sitting there face to face able to to play this game quickly because the redo of the app uh, smooth uh, so I, I I love the game too My, Marty knows that the
1: now correct me if I'm wrong, and I think i've this I heard um, both of you talking about this Mo- is monolith arena a like a a re-theming of this is that is that the the newer version
2: it is it is it is a fantasy idea yeah and it adds the whole concept of a monolith yeah uh, which is actually a three tiles you stack on top of each other has units inside of them unfortunately it didn't really take off that well Uh, they haven't released any more units for it so I, i think we've probably seen the end of monolith arena but it was the idea of trying to reintroduce the Nourishima Hex engine mm-hmm. with just a different theme. That, uh, I think the hope was people understand fantasy factions more. I know yeah. what a dwarf is. I know yeah. what an elf is. I don't know what the Mississippians are or the still police. <laughs> you, you know, those, yeah. those odd names he has in Nourishima Hex. I don't know what the dancers are. What do they? I know elves probably, oh, they're probably fast and can probably do range. Yeah. Oh, I probably know dwarves <laughs> are tanky. You know, that sort of thing. So
1: I I thought it was a cool proof of, like a proof of concept with that idea of stacking and unstacking. So, but uh, yeah, Niroshima Hex, absolutely. Now, the best part I like is I don't have to put it in my shopping cart because it's already on my shelf.
0: (laughs) All right. So what's up next? Well, I guess that would be me going next. So Marty's, I bet Marty could guess what I'm going to say. Let's I see. Bet, it. I, I bet I bet. Uh, I bet it is.
2: So hold on. Is it more of a one that's flown under the radar, or is it an old game you think that needs more love? Old game needs more love. And and he knows this game because I've always
0: talked about it. I love this game. It's one of those games that if you are starting a board game collection, it's one of those games that I think you need to have in your collection to help those understand a concept, a mechanism. A Seven wonders. Game. No, not Seven Wonders, but a worker placement game ranked number 326 on Board Game Geek, uh, designed by Michael Rennick and Stefan uh, Slater from Cosmos, Pillars of the Earth. Oh. Uh, Originally released in 2006, I believe, and re-released in 2018. So you can still get it?
2: You Oh, it's at Miniature Market right now. Got it. Okay, uh, uh, pillars. I'll let you talk about it, but uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with everything Tony says. This is a brilliant uh, marketplace placement game. So,
0: and, and it's an introductory where you your people. It's not hard on the mechanics of converting resources to uh, victory points, uh, from that standpoint. But there are some really hard decisions you make with the strategy. I mean, Norm, have you played Pillars of the Earth? I've
1: seen it played, um, but I have not played it, and the uh, I'm very familiar with
0: the the IP. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, once again, if someone has read Ken Follett's book, Pillars of the Earth, or the, the trilogy from there, they're like, oh, wait a minute. You know, they're, they're able to, they can relate some of the characters, yeah. just like we were talking about earlier, from that standpoint of the war history. Here, yeah. people have read the book. They may, they may be able to Tom the Builder, you know, things like that. But here you are gathering these resources, placing workers. But there's a couple mechanisms that I really enjoy about. One is, if your worker is drawn from the back then you can pass and not place it because in order to place it, it is going to cost you gold so you can say no 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 i i don't want to place that worker at this time and then it goes on on the track at the bottom and so your turn has been passed and you don't have to spend your gold in order to place it then they'll go back in the bag and they can pull out another one and that person can decide whether to place it or pass and unfortunately due to the randomness your next worker may come out yeah Eventually, after all the workers have been placed from the bag, those that were sitting on the selection track at the bottom, um, they can then go get placed for free. It won't cost you any gold. The game also shines for me when it comes down to using the money, the gold in order to place the workers and how tight that is. Along with every game I've played of this, I have never had a runaway leader. I've never Mm. seen a game where um, the points are that. You don't know who's gonna win until almost that last turn. So to me, that's what makes Pillars of the Earth a classic game, a game that should be hyped, that you should use to help teach people worker placement mechanics. Yeah, The bad side of this is they did not release the expansion which expanded it to five and six players when they re-released it in 2018. Um, and you cannot find the expansion. Um, true story, I happened to walk into a board game store and there it was on the, the expansion was on the shelf, This price. I'm like, uh, I cannot believe this. And it's zoink. Yeah, zoink. It was kind of like the day I walked into game store and picked up the brood war expansion for Marty for Starcraft. I was like, is that what I think it is? <laughs> Marty, do you want the, okay. Yeah. I don't think he could type yes. quick enough. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm. and so for, with pillars of the earth, that is probably one of the worker placement games that, I believe should be hyped up that people should remember because there's all tons of worker placement games that they've expanded on and and took all these mechanics. But if you want to get back to the core, in my personal opinion, this is an excellent game to put on, put on the table.
1: Yeah. I've not played this, like I said, but uh, I'm looking at some of the, some of the shots on, on the BGG page and, uh, it gorgeous just, art, man, gorgeous. Oh, art. yeah, it, it just, it's got such, <laughs> I don't know if this means anything to anybody, but Euro goodness, it, it just, <laughs> I just see piles of resources and, and little opportunities of meeples to go and, and uh, start populating the board. Now, how does it connect? Does it have a loose thematic connection? Or do they actually make an effort to, to tie things together?
0: We, to the book? The book that it's based on
1: to the book or or actually to like a story that's happening on the board right or is it or do you just go I want this because
0: i'm trading this for this. So, so the book was all about the intrigue of trying to build the cathedral and yeah. all the drama behind it and the and the issues that were going on between the church and the state at that time and it's very loose from that, however. For the game itself, it ties closely to the book. You see the same characters and what those characters represented in the book based on the actions that they are doing for you on these cards. From that standpoint, you are trying to get the material to be able to build the cathedral. And that's your turn round. Yeah. And the various masons that come out, that's where you convert, oh, let's convert stone to statues or whatever. I can't remember. It has been a while since I've played it. But it's, um, I think I played it two years ago, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I take this amount and I'm able to get this many victory points. Okay, cool. so it, that, it's very loose, but for those who have read the book, they're like, oh, I know him, I know her, I know, it. oh, that's, oh, that's right, she had that part in the book. So there's some fun connections. Mm-hmm. Marty, do you, uh,
1: do you concur on, on this selection?
2: Oh, 100%. Uh, it's it's an amazing uh, worker placement game. I, I do have a question, though, Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody's never played a worker placement game, you would put this down in front of them as opposed to something like Stone Age? One, to keep the smell of the cup
0: off the table. Yes. Fair. <laughs> And for those that don't uh, know, Stone yeah. Age has a leather cup in it. <laughs> I've lost because it's like, that's the first thing that was, is this reeks, man? Let's get this out of here. <laughs> Actually, I think I would. And um, probably the reason why is I, I like the ability to not have to be forced to place a worker and mm. not be competing. And in Stone Age, when we played it the last time, you know, the resources are, are limited and it was this rush to grab resources and you have to feed people and sometimes feeding people, even though it's something we have to do, it can, it can get on people's nerves. Like, oh man, you mean I got to do that? And they start losing anytime you can lose victory points. I think sometimes puts a negative effect on people when they're playing a game. Mm. The, the one thing, if I could weigh in on the
1: stone age versus pillars, um, uh, back to the dice hate me part is uh stone mm-hmm. age. I always get the short end of the stick when it comes to resources and, and, and I think poor me, but um, that's always been my, my shade that I have for now stone age is a great game. I think it's mm-hmm. a great representation of the worker placement, but I, that's where I have issues with is that whole, if I'm, if i'm dropping some meeples in to get some i need some gold bars and i think that I, I statistically speaking i should at least here's my the average i should come away and i'm always well below and i i i get a bit of you know i i get some issues with it
0: <laughs> and that and everybody runs to the boom boom hut okay
1: <laughs> yeah the, the love shack the, the love, love
0: shack, shack. yeah because that's if it's my first turn and I need to that's the first part of that game is everybody advancing towards that just that's so they true that's true that
2: game is very uh, prog- programmatic uh, yeah um, it's it's, it's re- really, the, yeah. you take the same steps over and over every game the scripting of it yeah yeah, yeah it's very scripted there you go couldn't think of it I say yeah, well, prescriptive but <laughs> that's right word
0: yeah you what would you call it the teacher um, plans? You got, you got your, your work plans. I'm going to get, go, if that spot's open, I'm going to go.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. If that spot's open, you take it. Yeah, I, Every game is like, well, yeah. And then if you're the first player, you take it.
0: You take it. Oh, and I definitely need the tools to adjust the dice. So I got to do that. So, and, but to Pillars of the Earth, the strategy is, okay, I've got to get out there and get certain resources yeah. to be able to accomplish my victory points. And then you have the worker placement pool, from the bag and that's where the strategy comes in because if you didn't plan well then you're going to end up in the worst spots but it doesn't hurt you so bad that you get behind oh good yeah and as you're explaining the game to the people you can pull out some of the advanced workers and say okay these guys are going to come out later and let me explain why these materials are so important because you can see how it progresses as the game builds Mm -hmm. instead of needing um four stone to get one victory point, you only need two stone to get one victory point. And you see how that how you can then replace them. And you're quickly able to do that. And they're like, Oh, okay. And the second time you play it, if they remembered, and you were able to get on the table, it's one of you're just like, Okay, do y'all remember this? Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember how to do this.
1: Yeah, I I think games like that, where um, they start off with a structure, and then just add to the structure, I think it uh, adds to um, people like people who are new to the game, uh, an appreciation where there's not this, this cognitive kind of, you know, butting heads with the rules and the understanding of the game where they can just, you know, step into it. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I mean, it's just one of those games that it's still available. Um, however, yes, there's been tons of worker placement games since then as good, better, Argue all you want about this, but for for me, that's the game that, you know, I, I really would like sort of a a basic worker placement. Let's go back to the roots to two thousand and six. Yeah, you know, and, and give this game some love.
2: Yeah, well, that's, that's the beauty of some of those games from the early two thousands because they're so basic. And for a game to come out now, publishers aren't looking to re-release the basic game anymore, right? You, you've got to put in bells and whistles and all this. And for somebody that's brand new to the hobby, sometimes it's best not teach the game with all the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. Hey, why, why does Catan and Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne, et cetera, continue to sell you know, their evergreens every single year because they cover the basics that you need to get into a lot of later games? Yeah, yeah. The... Uh... Yeah, the, the
1: entry-level games I think are just as valid and important as the, the the deep, heavy, you know, um, uh, hobbyist games, you know, Terra Mystica type. You know, mm-hmm. people will get there eventually,
2: <laughs> if they uh, want to. Yeah, you'll find
1: your way, or you yeah. find your way into the GMT line, and and <laughs> it a took a me ten long, years, but yeah, I got big, there. Big long tweezer games, and just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: so uh, I. I. <laughs> I looked at a tweezer on Amazon, you know, it's like, no, Marty, no, do not go there yet. <laughs> Luckily the games I'm playing don't have the little chits yet, but I can totally see the. I was
1: just going to say, I got just about got to the point and I had to step back where uh, you can get the specialty uh, corner cutters that'll round mm-hmm. over the, the little chits on all the wargaming pieces. And I, I, I had, to, I had to, I had to draw the line somewhere.
2: The little nippers. Got to yeah. get you some nippers. What's that for, for rounding the corners?
1: Well, so the cardboard doesn't to come, you know, peel apart, right? You know, oh. I, when you kick them out of their sprues and, they, gotcha. and sometimes you got, you, understand. Right, they clean them up, you, you know. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're doing tweezers, you're doing nippers, that's for sure. <laughs> tweezers and
2: nippers, <laughs> nice.
1: Uh, sounds man. like sounds like old people on the porch talking about the youngsters. Oh, those little nippers and those tweezers, get out of here, get off my lawn. <laughs> oh. oh, well, then you know what? We're getting into the uh, into the part of the episode where we get to round things out, and uh, I am so happy that we finally had the opportunity to get together and talk because I knew. In the back of my brain somewhere i knew that this would be uh the um let just open the gate and let the animals roam kind of episode (laughs) because because this was like i don't know we we ended up in miles davis we ended up over yeah we we traveled all over the place on this episode and with absolute joy So, oh,
2: I, so Adam, I was, it's, it's a funny. It was like, yeah, we're going to keep this to an hour. It's like, all right, we'll try. We'll <laughs> give it our best. Am, <laughs> I not going to get
0: to, am I not going to go to mm. Amazon and put something in my shopping cart? Aren't you hyping something? Uh, yeah, I've, you know what? This is the first time someone's asked me to hype
1: up a, a game. Um, you know what? Uh, off the top of my head, um, I'm going to bring love to, um, and you, uh, following what we've been talking about uh, all episode, in regards to that GMT uh, influence. Um, the Expanse, the board game by mm. Engelstein. Um, I think that one is Twilight Struggle Light, or, mm. hey, let's play Twilight Struggle <clears throat> in an hour. Um, it takes the IP of the Expanse TV show and uses that that card system of do i use the points or do i use the event now what i thought um jeff engelstein the designer uh did which was great he created this precedence or kind of an initiative hierarchy for the five factions their opa and earth mars and uh uh, oh no i think four uh, and the proto uh, molecule company and if you if you have the action card to do, and it's all this area control uh, area influence uh, for victory points, of course, um, that if you don't use the card for its actions or if you pass, uh, or sorry, if you use it for its action points, the event is up for grabs. Mm, now the, and now it goes, uh, it goes after the dealer, <clears throat> And it's, it's this initiative uh, favorite track that, OK, well, who's, who's, got, who's got dibs on this card? Do you want this card or do you want to pass? And these cards are put in front of you uh, for future use as event parts of the game or as in the scoring rounds. And uh, I think that now I, I, I had um, Twilight Struggle. And I, as mentioned, I love the Cold War but I did not have the game group or, or the you know the, the gaming people around me that would appreciate this and would sit down for the time that it would take to properly play this. And Twilight Struggle is one of those games where you need repeat plays to really understand the nuance of that game and of the cards and of the situations where I thought that, uh, that uh, um, Jeff did a great job synthesizing all of those highlight moments of that game into this IP. And even if you don't know the IP, you can understand the strategic importance to the value of the card versus the event. And on each card, too, it's, it's not that everybody has a shot at the event. Certain events will only allow certain maybe it's just Earth and Mars that can use this event. So you might strategically go, huh, I'm going to play this because I know you don't want this card. So it's, it's there's moments like that at the board where you can very subtly um, shift control in certain territories and areas. So yeah, yeah, that was just out of that. I've improved that one out of the blue. I didn't have no prep notes or anything on that. <clears throat> because
2: can you, can you, yeah, <clears throat> go ahead, Marty. Because you've mentioned uh, Cold War a couple of times, And Twilight Struggle maybe being too much. And we mentioned David Thompson earlier. David Thompson designed a game called Europe Divided. Ooh, I don't know about this one. um, Which came out from uh, Phalanx a couple years ago. It's a two-player game, card-driven game like Twilight Struggle, but only plays in an hour-to-hour and 15 minutes. So it's the uh, post-Cold War reemergent of Russia and Europe. Ooh. So if you if you like that kind of theme and the idea of maybe card play of Twilight Struggle, but in a lot shorter time, check out Euro Divided. Ooh,
1: okay. That's see. Well, there's one there's gonna I know this one's going in the shopping cart. I just don't want to pull my focus away from the podcast and be on the screen and going, mm-hmm. oh, I can edit this out later.
0: <laughs> well, so and then here I am on the screen going to the expanse and you can pick one up for $150 because I know the Ooh. IP. I, I, I've watched the show. Yeah. I'm like, this sounds really interesting. So I look at the images on BGG, and I'm like, okay, I definitely need either to either get this. I'm not going to pay $150. Go over to Minicharm. It's out of stock. I'm like, I'm like, Norm, you stink. You know what though?
1: This, not that this website's a sponsor, but I talk about it all the time. Boardgameoracle.com, okay. And Boardgame Oracle is an aggregator for everything that's on sale or everything that's available. If the stores uh, uh, have like pushed their name to it. Now that's, again, when this episode happens, if I can't find it at my regular store, I'm on board game Oracle and it's like, okay, there's one in Montreal and it is on its way. <laughs> so. okay. Yeah. Right. So, uh, if I, yeah, after we, uh, after we close out the, the episode, I'll, uh, I'll do some uh, homework as well on my part and send you a link if I can find it. Cause that's just not right. I know, but,
0: but to, to your point, I'm already there. We're looking, man. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't tease me like that.
1: <laughs> well, um, I'd say I didn't do my homework. I didn't know.
0: Um, but, but you we, know, we, threw, we flipped it on you. We met, we said, what is your high? Absolutely. You know? And, uh, and, and, and
1: the, uh, the, 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 guilty part of my brain uh, uh wants to go you know what i'll just pack up my copy and and it'll go out on a on a little vacation over to the east coast
0: no no <laughs> no 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 no, no. There, there's plenty of stuff going over here this will be God later play. in life all right um uh, so yeah before
1: we round out um not that uh i mean if nobody's heard of rolling dice and taking names then um they're living under a stone because uh <laughs> no i mean you guys have been around for a while and you guys have uh, uh um a great library of, of episodes and of, of content um tell us where people can find you and uh and what's going on about uh your your uh rolling dice and taking names
2: Yes. Yeah, so uh well if people want to listen to the show uh we have uh links uh and our website roll rolldicetakenames.com but typically you know if you want to go to um, iTunes we're on Amazon now I can't remember if we're on Spotify we're on several things Stitcher <laughs> Google Play uh, so wherever you find your podcast hopefully we're there again it's rolling dice and taking names we are getting ready to release episode 249 so we're getting ready to hit that 250 mark and we're working on our 10th year of a podcast uh, in December of this year, we will have been doing a show for 10 long years. Yeah. Uh, 10 years hmm. when I looked at those old guys in the corner of the Gen Con going, God, what a bunch <laughs> of losers. And now I'm like, I want to go play with those guys. <laughs> it's my turn. exactly and if you want to follow us on social media we're on Twitter at Dyson Names Instagram Dyson Names we got a pretty robust Discord channel going on right now if you want to join us over there and you can find links for that on our website voldicetechnames.com
1: all right well once again thank you so much Marty, Tony and uh, my uh, if if everybody keeps forgetting I'm your host Norm and we'll catch you later
2: oh before we go oh yes have you ever had a in canada you have wagon wheels right yes we do and then here we have moon pies so there's our connection and i've done a comparison to the two and they're almost similar so if you've had a wagon wheel in canada you've pretty much had a moon pie
1: this has been an episode of cardboard conjecture and we are bridge city board gamers you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek Guild number
2: 3039. Now, Norm, I got a question for you. This is yeah. Marty. Yeah. Uh, so you got, you, you did a little hype train thing there. Now, let me know if you need like a little sort of bumper oh, or God, anything, <laughs> because I've been getting into making bumpers for our show. So if you need a hype train bumper, you hit me up, my friend. <laughs> well, would
0: it? Would, Give me one that's, that's right. right norm
2: norm you, you're absolutely right you should be speechless
0: don't if, even worry you didn't even know where to go with that in my head i'm thinking oh no this is going to be chaos
1: i love it and i was in my head i was like yeah give it to me <laughs>
2: I was going to have to do you one just for fun. And because uh, no. we did, we have a couple of segments that we just did. And I told Tony, I said, I need to play something beforehand. So I just threw some junk together of me doing silly stuff. And it's like, okay, there it is. And people well, are like, oh, wow, that's cool. At okay. the end
1: of it, we'll do the old, you know, it's like, you know, all aboard the hype train and you kind of do, do at the end. And there we'll you go. Throw some big room reverb on it and have some chugga <laughs> chugga tracks. Great. <laughs> So we're going to come back in, and that's where I'll give you guys the formal uh, uh, in introduction. Sorry about that.
0: No, Apologize. it's
1: all right. I'm the, I'm the one who should be apologizing all the time. It's in my nature.
2: <laughs> Fair. Well, we're from the South, so we're just apologizing over each other.
1: <laughs> that is, everybody's LB. will I'll try to out-nod each other.
2: No, no. Right, no. exactly. Bless your heart. <laughs>
1: Okay, I'll, I'll uh, bump it back. Oh, bump okay. it back over to you. All right, because that was a, a lot of a lot of uh, tangents. I love tangents. That's that's
2: our show, man. <laughs>
1: uh, I have this. Well,
2: welcome to RDTN.